grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon.
brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you one who likes change all the time? Or are you one who is maybe set in their ways and don't like to see change? And yes, there are some things that you cannot stop, like getting older. You can't stop that change. But overall, you just don't like to see change. And that very word change can be a, a dirty word, even within a congregation of believers. Because you got those on one side that are complaining about the old fuddy-duddies who don't want to change, and they're always stuck in their way, and we can never do anything in the church. And then there are those who uh, speak of those young whippersnappers who always want change and, and are always going with the latest trend and thrill, and, and, and both sides just drive each other crazy. So which one are you? Do you like change or do you prefer to not see any change? I maintain that even if you're one who likes change all the time, I bet your change only goes so far. Sooner or later, we all like our comfort zone. We all like things to stay the same, things especially that we're familiar with. Once again, are you one who likes change, or are you one who doesn't want to see any change? No matter what side you take, I will say this, and I can say it with complete confidence, that there is a change coming. And whether you like it or not, it will be a change like no others. Even those that thrive on always wanting to see change are going to be overwhelmed by the change that the Lord Jesus Christ himself spoke to his disciples about on Tuesday of Holy Week. It was the Tuesday before Jesus will suffer and die on the cross for the sins of the world. Jesus was teaching in the temple, and towards the end of the day, as they were leaving, the disciples were admiring the beauty of the temple and the courts that surrounded it. Jesus told them that not one stone will be left on another. In fact, he goes on to tell them that all that they see here will be destroyed. And in fact, in 70 AD, the Romans did come in and destroy the temple. But then Jesus makes a huge leap. He, as he talks about the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, he jumps ahead to Judgment Day itself. Now Jesus will speak of the signs that are, that are going to come upon the earth during the end times. But this doesn't mean that the end is here yet. But those signs tell us that the end is coming. Signs see in nature and in the church and, 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 and among nations, especially when you hear of wars and rumors of wars. But then Jesus speaks of the specific signs that will take place right before the very end, before Jesus comes back on Judgment Day. It will be the last day of the world. And those immediate signs will be seen, as he says here, in the sun, moon, and stars. The powers of heavens themselves will be shaken. He doesn't elaborate. We do know elsewhere in scripture that he speaks of the sun stop shining and, and the moon like blood. But the shaking of the heavens themselves 
When we look up in the sky, we see everything in its order and in its place. Everything in the universe is balanced out by God himself. But on that last day, everything will be out of balance. Everything will be out of order. That'll affect the very earth itself because he speaks of the waves and, and the sea roaring and, and the waves surging. In fact, it's going to be so overwhelming what's going on. In fact, it's going to be a climate change that we've never ever seen or ever have experienced before that people will actually be overcome by anguish. This means by terror and and, and by despair. And that anguish is going to include perplexity as people are confused by what is going on. What does this really mean? But even more than that, they are going to be perplexed by the fact is, who can we turn to for help? Can we turn to the government? Do they have all the answers? Can we turn to science? Are they the, going to be the experts? And they won't. Along with the anguish and perplexity, he says, people fainting from fear and expectation. The word fainting literally means to, to have a loss of breath. They will actually pass out being so overwhelmed by fear. This is fear beyond fear. And yet, in spite of the fact that most people are going to be doing this. It was the Lord Jesus who said to his disciples and to us, who are also his disciples, now is not the time to pass out. Now is not the time to panic. Now is not the time to freak out. Now is the time to stand up and lift up your heads. Your redemption is near. Now is the time to look at the coming of the Son of God. But he will not come as the servant like he did the first time when he was born in Bethlehem. It was the very Lord Jesus himself who said he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the very Son of God who comes as a servant who gives his life on the cross to pay for the sins of the world. The ransom price was his very, his very perfect life an innocent death this is the shedding of his blood. That was the payment for sin. And, and, and what did that achieve? What did he win for us? He won for us redemption, which means to buy back. He bought us back from the slavery of sin and won for us that forgiveness of sins, which is freedom. Now on the last day, instead of coming as a servant, he will come as a king with the holy angels and great power and glory. And he will bring redemption. Well, not, not the, the redemption that he won for us on the cross. No, that's once and done. He will not have to offer his life again. But he will come bringing the final piece of redemption, which is the glory of heaven itself. For the angels will separate the believers from the unbelievers and take the believers all to the glories of heaven. 
as God meant life to be. In perfect harmony and relationship with him. No more sin, no more death, no more pain, no more suffering. This is what our Savior is coming to do. My dear friends, when it comes to your desires and heart, Satan would love nothing more than for you to think of the here and now and yearn for the here and now. Do not place your heart on the here and now. Yes, we live and, and, and we work and, and many of us getting married and having a family and, and, and we've enjoyed all those blessings, but we've always enjoyed them with eyes on heaven. This life is going to be temporary. It is temporary. This life is going to come to an end. Don't think of heaven as here on earth. Don't think that this is where my desires must, must be on. In other words, I don't want to have change because I want this familiarity. I want to stay here. I want to live here. I don't want to leave. When in actuality, this is not heaven. This sin-cursed world that we live in? Heaven is where God is going to take us. Once again, a place of no more sin and fear of death. Don't yearn for this life. Yearn for the life to come. Live in this life. Always looking, knowing that your Lord is coming. And above all, keep in mind that this world this very world is going to come to an end. Even Jesus makes that very clear um, when he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. In fact, he makes this comment, this generation will pass away until all these things happen. And he announces this with those beautiful words, amen, I say to you. This is an absolute truth. And many scholars debate this very verse it's rather confusing. This generation will not pass away. Makes it sound like the generation during Jesus' time will not pass away. But they have all died. They're gone. That's about 2,000 years ago. So what is this generation? Some scholars take it as this generation is referring to mankind itself. That mankind, the generation of mankind, will be there at the very end. There will be no wiping out of the mankind before Judgment Day. Or some take this generation as referring to this kind of people and therefore pointing to unbelievers, that there will be unbelievers growing in number right up to the very end. However you take these words, one thing is very certain. Man will not bring an end to this world. It will be done by the hand of the Lord. Yes, we want to take care of the planet that God has blessed us with. But it will be God who will destroy this world and the sky above with fire. He will destroy it. That is judgment day. And until that day comes, he says, watch. Watch for the coming of your Lord. He could come today. 
suddenly because it will be unexpectedly like a thief in the night. And instead of living and living it up in this world and holding to the philosophy, let's eat and drink and be merry for tomorrow we may be dead. Instead of watch, he says. Don't get caught up in, in, in carousing, as it says here, which is just basically wild beer parties or, or liquor parties. And it even talk brings up about getting drunk and pickling your mind and losing the wits about you or dealing with the worries of this world. And, and many deal with the worries of this world by turning to things that they ought not to put into their body. Instead of being high on spirits, instead be high on the Holy Spirit, as some would say. And since the Holy Spirit works through the Holy Word and works through the gospel of Jesus Christ, that message of redemption, be in that word, knowing that the Holy Spirit is even keeping you in that one truth, faith, because he always testifies of Christ. And along with watching, be alert. Along with taking to heart that word, pray. Have that heart-to-heart that -heart talk with God. A right that none of us deserve and none of us have earned it. But it is a right that God has given us purely by his grace and mercy. Speak to your Lord God. Go to him in prayer. And two things you can pray about. Jesus himself told us that you may be able to escape all these things that are going to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of God. So it is with believing hearts that we live and it is with believing hearts that we look forward to the coming of our Lord and this believing heart that God has blessed you with, that the Holy Spirit is strengthening in your hearts, is a faith that includes one very important blessing. It is the blessing that we hear about at Christmas time. Because we'll speak of blessings of joy and peace and comfort and love. But I'm talking about the blessing of hope. As more and more people fall away from Christ, more and more are going to fall into hopelessness because without Christ there is no hope. Oh, there might be wishful thinking, but not a hope that is guaranteed and a hope that is on the solid foundation of Jesus, our rock. Therefore, my dear friends, it is with hope we celebrate the first coming of Christmas and it is with hope we look forward to his second coming. And even though we do not know when he is coming, it does not negate the fact that he is coming. And when he comes, it will be a change like no other. But it will be a change that we actually hope for. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, amen.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.